results are going your way. It's easy to kind of like get on each other. A difference in our style, but it wasn't a difference as to who we are or what our identity as a team Keep up to date with the latest WSL action and the biggest interviews. Subscribe to the Koi Gig podcast stream on the OTV Sports app now. The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gillette for an effortless finish to your day. New Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. You're very welcome along. Wednesday evenings off the ball. Joe Malloy with you here. So Keith Wood and Fiona Hayes on Wednesday Night Rugby. We are building up to Leinster to lose at the weekend. Man City in the football this evening. They do feel very much now on the cusp of league title number four in just five years. They are at Molyneux, which is no guarantee. Dion Fanning with us across the football show between nine and ten. And then in Gaelic football, he really was the most hyped prospect of his generation and several other generations, to be honest. But it's fair to say he has lived up to the billion at senior level. Just 17 championship appearances for David Clifford and he's made his mark, I think it's fair to say. So he is with us on the show from half past seven. 53106, the text number. We're at off the ball on Twitter. Another prospect of prospects. Richie McCormick, hello. Ah, Joe, you're too kind. Have you delivered at senior level? Uh, I think it's fair to say, Joe, all evidence suggests that 100%, absolutely, I have not. Dave McIntyre. Prospect at minor level even, Dave. Oh, sorry, you've come into your own in the over 35s. That's that's the story with you. Well, I play on a team where the average age is well over 35, yes, but it's it's not an over 35s league. We're still chasing 19 and 20-year-olds around, which is uh, <laughs> does an awful lot for your self-esteem, I can tell you. Uh, I feel like we should get the off-the-ball cameras out there for a series on you lads chasing <laughs> oh, the 19-year-olds. Uh, look, you, you, you need to you do what Mickey Harden Throne did up, if that is the case, allegedly up in uh, Haley Park a couple of years ago and narrow the pitch as much as you possibly can. And come here, when you get frustrated, do you start lashing out? Well, if you get close enough to them, you might do, but that doesn't happen very often. Mm. David Clifford, the boy wonder, Richie. I was at the 17 final when he scored the four goals, actually. And I thought, Oof, wow. Yeah. Now, he was towering over all around him so he was a big minor now he's still a big enough senior so you, you kind of wondered well how is he going to cope when he's up against uh, similar sized players he's doing okay I think he's hanging in there yeah he is doing alright he just kind of needs that that one tiny little you know addition to his uh, his, his mantelpiece which would be an All-Ireland medal uh, that's the kind of great debate isn't it is, is a player great if they haven't won an All-Ireland medal or if they haven't won Say if they've only won one league title, it, to, to use the kind of Liverpool um, analogy, if they've only won one league title in a long career, do they qualify as a great player? I'd suggest in Clifford's case, he's probably done enough that he already does qualify um, and that that argument is probably a bit reductionist, but um, reductive. But yeah, Jesus, a hell of a player and, and has been consistently really now for a while that's the thing the level doesn't really dip off with Clifford and that's the scary thing if you're a defender going up against him is that you know you're you know probably his worst you're going to get an 85% performance from him and occasionally and very frequently it's often more than that So he was an All-Ireland minor in 2016 won the All-Ireland All-Ireland winning minor 2016 All-Ireland winning minor 2017 where he scored the four goals against Derry made his Kerry debut the following year All-Star winner Young Footballer of the Year has won two more All-Star since uh, 17, as I said, championship games for Kerry. So that's pretty seamless. And he's going to join us around half past seven. He is, Dave, in that pretty rare category of GA players whereby his name on the team sheet makes it a football match worth watching. I don't know how what other names you want to throw, throw into that bracket, 
but it's not an extensive bracket. He's very much in, in it, though. Oh, he absolutely he is, and he, it's been that way no matter what level he's played at. He's in that Morris Fitzgerald, Peter Canavan bracket, like, and potentially if he wins the silverware that we'd expect him to win with Kerry, he could be he go, he'll go down as one of the greats. I mean, three All Stars in four senior seasons is it's an unbelievable return against a Kerry team um, that or for a Kerry team that hasn't always delivered in that time. Uh, the, the only year he didn't get one was in 2020 when Kerry had one championship match and they were beaten on that in the rain, wind of the rain in Parky Cave and in 2020 but I just wonder I don't think they think this will be the case will his career go down a similar path to that of Morris Fitz where Morris toiled in those years of the late 80s and early to mid 90s where Kerry really could barely get out of Munster let alone challenge for an All-Ireland title under the, a series of managers that replaced Mick O'Dwyer and Morris won his first All-Ireland in 97 and then when he won his second it was in the year 2000 which was his penultimate season as a senior footballer Kerry have been All-Irelandless for the four years that David Clifford has been with them at senior level um, I don't think Morris won one for the first 10 years of his senior career. So they have similar parallels. Uh, Morris obviously still winning all our, our All-Star awards when Kerry weren't really challenging. Now, they are favourites this year, no yeah. question. And many expect them to win the All-Ireland this year. But his career has started out at a, in a, on a similar enough trajectory to that of Morris. And, mm. and to me, you know, I'm an, of a vintage where I was able to watch Morris's entire career. And he was one of the greatest of all time. Are you making them pretty firm favourites this year, though? I would have them as firm favourites. I do think there's going to be a sting in Dublin. I think Tyrone will gather momentum again. Mayo are, are always going to be there, thereabouts. And I'm hoping that there will be some semblance of a bolter, be it a Monaghan, be it a Galway. I, I worry, for, from a Kerry point of view, that they will emerge from Munster again untested. Mm. And that was the case when they ran into a really ravenous Tyrone last year. Now, Limerick going pretty well. And um, if there's anyone listening from Limerick, they may be bristling at, at the words that I'm using there. But that's up to them to prove, it, prove us wrong in that Munster final. But there's a good chance that yeah. Kerry will get into the quarterfinals and they won't really have had to face anything really difficult. And depending on if it could be a Mayo or Tyrone on the last eight, and you do probably need to be a little more battle-hardened in that stage. Mm. Who else in the last 15 years was worth the admission fee alone? So we'll say Clifford. In Gaelic football. Yeah. Um, I've always enjoyed watching Conor McManus. Like, just, he was just such a master craftsman. And David Clifford's a little bit fortunate in that the game has opened up significantly more in his time in Nick Kerry's shirt in the last four seasons, where Conor McManus had to toil with blanket defences and the likes of Neil McGee and the rest of that Donegal defence coming through Ulster. And yet he may have only been restricted to maybe three opportunities to shoot in a game, and he'd probably finish with three points from play and then another six or seven from freeze. So he was playing in a slightly different era. I know Conor yeah. is maybe in the twilight of his career now. Colin Cooper obviously James O'Donoghue the real artist I love watching Shane Walsh in Galway um, you, 10 or 15 years I don't know does that quite extend back to Kieran McDonald but but that was sorry that, yeah, he was the name I was thinking as well absolutely Kieran McDonald Jamie Clark you'd throw into that bracket maybe as well yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. phenomenal I mean Michael Murphy probably is being done his service sometimes in these sorts of conversations because he's he hasn't quite got the flair and the charisma and, as a player that, uh, that we've just mentioned but I mean, Michael Murphy is just a colossus and you know when you're watching him play that you're also watching one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, he is in more like a formidable player, maybe the best player in the country for a time, but he's not in that worth the admission fee alone uh, vintage that I'm I'm going for. But I do take the point. Uh, somebody is texting to say McIntyre didn't fulfil his potential. He's won a Grand Slam, several All-Irelands, Champions Leagues. Nobody 
nobody matches it in Irish sport. Commentators are part of the team as well, right? <laughs> and Premier Leagues. You've done it all. Sure, uh, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take that. What, what was your favourite ever event to commentate on? What's your match if you could relive it? Um, Sexton drop goal. That was incredible. Obviously, that was, uh, I mean, that was unforgettable. I don't know. It, whenever I am asked this question, I, for some reason, I always end up reaching back to the 2011 Hiding Cup final when Leinster were 26 down to Northampton. Oh, yeah. It was in the Millennium Stadium. The roof was closed. Northampton had demolished them. The Leinster scrum had cl- crumbled. It was just the most extraordinary comeback. And uh, as Irish fans tend to do, I mean, Leinster had got their hands on more than their fair share of tickets. The atmosphere in that second half was, it was chilling at times. You know, hair standing on the back of the neck stuff. And um, I'll always remember that. I was That was a radio commentary. I was there for off the ball that day. I'll always remember that one. But yeah, you know, doing the Grand Slam game, Virgin Media Twickenham the drop goal in Paris I remember doing a Champions League semi-final at the Allianz Arena in Munich when Atletico Madrid and Bayern Munich were tearing lumps out of each other that was an extraordinary experience but if I was pushed on it maybe that Titan Cup final what 11 years ago now God 11 years ago I was producing that day yeah that was a fun season that Leinster winning season was that the year where you and Keith and Matt were at the Aviva for Claremont in December and it was Baltic it could have been that year. I, think it's, that was um, the year. I do remember that being the coldest I've ever been in a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was and, a, that was a uh, fun and for season. some reason, I think somebody had a a thermometer up there with them, and they measured it. I don't know. Is it called a thermometer when you're actually measuring the yeah. temperature? Or is that just yeah. for if somebody's feeling a little under the weather? Because no, no, um, uh, we weren't sticking it in, into our mouths or under our arms or anything. Nobody was. Uh, no one had a temperature themselves. But I, I think it was what? something like minus thirteen up there in the media box. What? It was just oh, it was that's wind chill and everything. Obviously, it was absolutely disgracefully cold that evening. Mm. But this has really turned into a This is your life. Just <laughs> McIntyre's legendary status here. What was your favourite game, Dave? What's your favourite game? Well, please welcome your fifth class English teacher. <laughs> uh, right, let's get things moving because there is a lot going on today. The news round is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. We have. David Clifford, half past seven. We'll have Keith Wood and Fiona Hayes after eight o'clock. And then Dion Fanning with us across the football show between nine and ten. And I'm sure Mick and Arthur will be popping in across the evening as well. You're starting, Richie, with the football this evening. So uh, come on, Wolves, is what the neutral out there is saying. Or if you're Pep Guardiola, what everybody out there is saying. Yeah, Manchester City can re-establish a three-point lead at the top of the Premier League table tonight. They're away to Wolves, knowing a win will leave them needing just four more points from the remaining two games to clinch a sixth title in a decade. Kickoff at Molyneux is at 8.15, so the team news is about 90 seconds away, actually, there. Elsewhere, the battle against the drop intensifies tonight. Leeds begin the night just inside the bottom three, and they entertain a Chelsea team limbering up for Saturday's FA Cup final with the team news from Ellen Road. Here's Shane Pennington. Leeds boss Jesse March makes four changes and from the side beating 2-1 at Arsenal on Sunday Liam Cooper, Rodrigo, Pascal Stroik and Lewis Bate all come in to start they replace Luke Ayling, Junior Firpo, Matthias Click and Joe Gelhardt whilst for Chelsea Thomas Tuchel also makes four changes from the side that drew 2 all with Wolves on Saturday no doubt with Saturday's FA Cup final in mind Andreas Christiansen, Jorginho, Trevor Chalabar and Mason Mount all come in to start they replace Thiago Silva, Cesar Aspilicueta, Ruben Loft Cheek and Timo Werner. At Ellen Road, it's Leeds and Chelsea. 
The Man yes. City team is just in wouldn't inspire much confidence over in Liverpool. So it's Cancelo right back. Fernandinho at centre half does catch the eye. Laporte alongside him, Zinchenko. Then it's De Bruyne, Rodri, Bernardo Silva, and then it's Mares and Raheem Sterling either side of Gabriel Jesus. Dave, I don't know. There's just a slight sense with Liverpool at the moment unlike City of fatigue starting to set in like you look last night and it was Canade, Robertson Thiago Henderson Mo Salah all out of the team it's just just seems to be a touch more pronounced amongst Liverpool at the moment yeah we've heard that extraordinary stat that you know they are going to be one of those rare teams that have played every single potential game they could have played throughout each competition over the course of the season and no matter what the depth of resources that you have eventually it's going to take its toll every single game for them is winner bust and that is very difficult to maintain momentum I think once Manchester City got through last weekend, which they obviously did comfortably against Newcastle, that was the game with the biggest question mark because they were coming into it on the back of what had happened at the Bernabeu. And that was obviously a massive blow to them. But they managed to get through that. And from here on, you would think City now with less on their minds. They don't have a cup final either, like Liverpool as well as the Champions League final to worry about. They can just focus thoroughly on each of these games remaining. Tonight is probably their trickiest, although I thought Aston Villa were superb against Liverpool last night. If they play like that again, they could ask Manchester City a couple of questions. Wolves don't really have much to play for, maybe an outside chance of that Europa Conference League place. West Ham looks spent. They're absolutely exhausted after their run through the Europa League. I think if City get it done tonight, it's uh, as, you're, as you say, it's, it's probably one-way traffic from there on. And Liverpool are just starting to run out of puff a little bit at the moment. Yeah. Trevor Giles, a magician, says somebody in text. Yeah, I think we oh, can yeah. throw Trevor Giles in. Matty Ford, lads. Matty Ford, yeah. yeah Wexford in their head. Totally. To be fair, totally agree with this. You would have to say Dermot Connolly on his day was pure box office. And then this text reads, obviously nobody would ever think of the dubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he's for me, he's probably the most skillful footballer I've ever seen. In, uh, pr- particularly in terms of his ability to control the ball under enormous pressure off both feet, to maintain possession of it, turning, twisting, just hopping it solo almost in one place. Brian Howard is another that's extraordinarily gifted in that regard at the moment. And that's before you mentioned Dermot's ability to fire these razor-sharp passes off both feet, to bend the ball over with the outside of his boot. Um, Extraordinary finisher as well. Yeah, it would be hard to disagree with that sentiment that he he would be worth the admission fee alone. And when you remember watching him playing in those All-Ireland Series games for St. Vincent's in the club show, Championship. It almost seemed unfair. It almost seemed yeah. uh, against the rules that someone like Dermot was actually allowed to play in those games. Yeah, no, totally agree. He had such an array to his arsenal. He could bend the f- football with either foot, whatever way you want to do it. Like, I think most intercounty footballers worth their salt, especially attacking wise, can uh, use outside of the boot, inside of the boot, can shape it. But like Conley with his weak foot could outside of the boot a 40-yard pass, bullet-wise, you know, trajectory. I mean, this was a notch above your average. Yeah, um, and these greats, they're they're all two-footed. Morris Fitzgerald was the first guy I can remember that was really, truly two-footed. Like, he could kick it free off both feet, which is just... I can barely even comprehend how much skill is required and how much ability for that. But Dermot Connolly used to, I felt at times, turn it on just to give the greats something to ooh and ah over. He was... um, it was extraordinary, the cleanliness of the strike of Dear McConnelly. Again, in the McDonald mould. Kieran McDonald with the outside of the boot. Oh. Just what, oh. what a sight. Oh. Honestly, he was the Zidane. 
of that generation. They were playing similar times, the Adidas boots, the technique. There's just, just a, like, there's not enough um, flamboyant technique in GA. I've always felt that there's not enough of the McDonald's for whatever reason. Maybe we don't encourage it enough at a younger age. Maybe it'll it's come through more. Out. I wonder, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's not like the last thing you want to be or the last thing they kind of call for is that kind of individualist. Like you just see the slaggings that, that certain players do get like on the other side of the ooing and aying over McDonald's. There's a lot of snide kind of commentary goes on behind the back. So it's kind of you know, it's it's not necessarily frowned upon, but it's not exactly encouraged, as you mentioned. Yeah, that's no, the nature of the possession-based game of the last twelve think, years. Yeah, you know, you have to work yeah. so hard to win the ball back that you don't necessarily want someone like Karen McDonald attempting something that is not the percentage play. And then you're thinking, right, well, that hasn't quite come off. But the game was a little more open, and so he probably had a little more license to try those sorts mm. of things. Interesting, isn't it? We mentioned all of us mentioned Jamie Clark, McDonald, Gooch, obviously, and then Clifford had this conversation started. Lefties disproportionately represented here often the way most sports lefties in there they're the magicians so we have touched on the football this evening most oh, of it most of it excuse most me of it, yeah. I think there's a slight tweak to the team he gave the Man City team he gave there Joe I think you mentioned Jesus starting he's actually on the bench tonight along with Grealish and Mares uh, in midfield the back four as you mentioned Fernandinho in there but it's Rodri Gundogan and Bernardo Silva in midfield Raheem Sterling Kevin De Bruyne and Phil Foden ah. are the front three so for City tonight Live score took a punt I mean let's just La, you, can't, you, can't, you, can't be, you can't be relying on them Joe they got the, they got the back four right to be fair to just put the wrong team up okay, in so fairness Joe in fairness I think in defence of live score it said possible lineup. did it on live score oh, like the small print if I scroll down like for five minutes it says it does it <laughs> it was at the top but we shoddy, won't, won't split hairs here so it's Phil Foden, Sterling, Bernardo Silva, Gundogan, Rodri, De Bruyne. Yeah, I think they're still going to be okay, aren't they? Foden, Sterling, Bernardo Silva. Uh, updates across the evening. So, uh, Richie, football elsewhere? Yeah, Everton just a point better off than Leeds, who we hear the team news from there. But they do have a game in hand and they're away to the already relegated Watford, who have uh, put out a scratch team really tonight. Uh, that should be three points, you'd imagine, for Frankie Lampard's side. Ahead of that game, Watford confirmed that ex-Forest Green manager Rob Edwards will take over from Roy Hodgson in the summer. Edwards led Forest Green to the League Two title last week, but his now former employers came claimed negotiations about the Watford job took place behind their back. Tonight's other game, a bit of a dead rubber seeing Norwich going to Leicester. Celtic hope to secure the one point they need to clinch the Scottish Premiership title there at Dundee United tonight. They could still be crowned champions with a defeat. That's if Rangers fail to beat Ross County at Irox at the other end of the table. Dundee's top flight stake could be over if St. Johnston get anything from their game with Aberdeen. Okay, very good. That's the football this evening. A genuine question, Richie. We were just sure. chatting about it outside. Should we be doing Wagger the Christie in the news round or not? Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. It is a masterpiece. It is a master. Like I've I've just seen stuff trickling in about it the last couple of days. I haven't been paying wholesale attention, but the stuff today about Riyad Mahrez and players being injured, uh, it just gives you an insight into how stories do land in the laps of the press. Um, particularly that one line about Mahrez where somebody quizzed Rebecca Vardy saying that should we give this story to Rob Dorset of Sky? Right. And she said, oh, I don't want to come back to me. Uh, so she, if, if anything else, she has done a masterful job in eviscerating herself by staging this uh, court case because she's not coming out of it well. No, no, been a bad few days. Yeah, I don't know should we be covering is the honest answer. I feel maybe we should as the week goes on. I don't know. Anyway, we'll come back. Dave, are you all over this? It needs its own sting. I I've never cared about anything less. <laughs> <laughs>
I would genuinely recommend you read through it. It is hilarious. It, we're dealing with a very specific type of individual here. Um, <laughs> there's just there's just too much else going on in the world. Well, hey, I, what's I, your favourite trial? Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, or Agatha Christie? <laughs> well, that's a whole different kettle of fish. Um, <clears throat> so we have news then a Limerick <clears throat> yeah a Limerick hurler was arrested in the early hours of Monday morning following an incident involving it seems a Tipperary player the alleged incident took place at a Limerick city centre establishment in the early hours of the morning Limerick had only beaten Tip in the Munster Championship on Sunday afternoon Limerick confirmed late last night that they're dealing with a breach of team protocols adding that the matter is being dealt with by management the player in question was released by police and a file is being prepared for the DPP okay uh, Matt Hansen. Yeah, he's sticking around. Mac Hansen signing a contract extension with Connacht today. The Ireland winger's current deal was due to expire next summer, but he signed a two-year extension to remain at the sports ground until 2025 at the earliest. Uh, Andy Friend called the news show faith in Connacht's progress, while Hansen described his new deal as a no-brainer. The Aussie-born player an instant hit upon his arrival from the Brumbies, scoring six tries and in 14 games and earning a speedy Ireland call-up. Hansen among the nominees for Players Player of the Year as well today. He's been shortlisted along with Leinster Trio, Caelan Dar. Josh van der Flaer and Hugo Keenan Linda Jugang Eve Higgins and Sam Monaghan are shortlisted for the Women's Players Player of the Year winners will be revealed at a ceremony next Wednesday yeah hotly contested in both categories so Mac Hansen Caelan Doris Josh van der Flaer Hugo Keenan oof Dave <laughs> yeah probably of the season so far I would say van der Flaer he's turned himself into a truly world-class seven and one thing that has happened in the last 14 months is he started to add tries to his game um he cannot stop scoring at the moment for club or country so if i was pushed on it the others have all had stellar seasons mac hanson has turned himself into a cult figure in connacht in such a short space of time and i'm delighted he's he's opted to stay with them and extend his deal but yeah probably van der Fleer if pushed yeah uh, Linda Zhugang's been amazing for Ireland and then Sam Monaghan as well and Eve Higgins obviously no slouch either so um, yeah hotly contested in both categories so that's the rugby we have Keith Wood and Fiona Hayes on the way after eight boxing yeah, a largely positive day for Irish fighters at the Women's World Championships in Istanbul. Uh, most recently, Belfast flyweight Carly McNall put in a dominant display to beat Burundi's Ornella Javier-Ramana by unanimous decision. Michaela Walsh and Amy Broadhurst both advanced to the last 16 of their respective divisions as well. Walsh beat American featherweight Amelia Moore by unanimous decision and Dundalk middleweight Broadhurst had a unanimous decision win of her own over Croatia's Sarah Beram, but there was disappointment for Olympian Aoife O'Rourke who lost her middleweight first round match by split decision to another American this time Naomi Graham Okay fellas very good Richie McCormick thank you Nice and lads Dave McIntyre pleasure as ever thanks Enjoyed it Joe thanks boys Your chance to win big News Talks Cash Machine So Ben Redmond in Wexford he answered the call today became the 100th cash machine winner so far this year if you want to be winner 101 then you'll need to know the new amount which is 12,324 euro and 41 cents all you have to do is text the word play to 57599 get your entry in by 3 o'clock tomorrow and then across the go loud network of stations Barry Dunn will make the call if your phone rings answer within 5 rings and give him the exact amount in euro and cents the amount again 12,324 euro and 41 cents over 18s only text cost 2 euro 50 plus your standard message rate to play you are playing across the go loud network of stations terms and conditions on newstalk.com we have David Clifford next <laughs> 